Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich or Miss, episode 104. Hey, Richards, it's so great to be here today. It's Monday again, and we are with another wonderful, I hope, interview regarding the social media marketing world and much more. Next week, we're going to start a very special Rich or Miss month. And I'll tell you more about that next week, April 8th, 2019. In the meantime, I suggest you to go and check the free guides and online course on the richomiss.com homepage. And now, let's learn a bit more about my guest today, Dorothea Bozi Calone Volpe. Principal and Founder, Social Espionage. Dorothea is a strategic digital marketing executive who is fluent in four languages and specializes in developing business through digital influencers and social media marketing for the world's most memorable brands. There are four distinct areas of her business, e-commerce, personal branding, ESN, Enterprise, Social Networking, and Marketing Strategies. Additionally, Dorothea has appeared as a social media strategy subject matter expert on CBS and CNN. Dorothea Bozi Kalona Volpe. Hi, it's so great to have you here. Hi, Hayur. It's lovely to be here. It's such an honor. Thank you very much for extending the kind invitation. <laughs> it's my pleasure and my listeners will enjoy it a lot. I'm sure of that. I just shared with our listeners what you've done until now. And I would like to ask you, what are you doing today? And what are you most passionate about? And where are you heading? Today, I am very heavily involved in marketing strategy in the four areas of my business, digital transformation, e-commerce, influencer and content and social media marketing, as well as personal branding. And where am I going to? For the moment I'm done with our uh, podcast interview, I'm heading to a client. So I work just about every day. I take Saturday afternoons off. People always ask me, you know, you work so much. And I said, well, I don't really consider it to be work because I really enjoy what I'm doing. Mm. So to me, It's not really work. And when people say to me, but you don't have much of a uh, weekend, I say, I'm an entrepreneur. There's no such thing as a weekend. Hmm. I do know what you are talking about, and it's beautiful. But you mentioned four things. And I want to ask you, first of all, you talked about the transformation, which I really want to hear because the digital transformation is something that I didn't hear before. Mm -hmm. Then I would like to understand what is different I should say that we've just met for the first time at the social media marketing world, and it was a pleasure to meet you. You're very involved in these worlds, and you are building something very unique 
and very successful. And I want to hear about that. And I want to hear two things uh, regarding your, uh, your first answer. The, one, the first thing is what is digital transformation is. And the second is what is different about what you are doing, what you are providing, because I know you're doing things different and I want to hear how. Okay, so I'm going to unpack that because there were like four questions in one. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try to be thorough though. So, so digital transformation, when you think about it as its whole, right? It's really the transformation of a business and even the organizational activities, the processes, the competencies, the models of the business to really fully leverages the changes and opportunities of a mix of digital technologies and also their accelerating impact across the You know the future of societies in a strategic and a very prioritized way and and a lot of that really is it sounds like very high level you know stuff but really digital transformation isn't just about technology you know there was a recent survey I read in Harvard Business Review it was of directors and CEOs and senior executives and they found that digital transformation was sort of their number one concern because they felt that their companies right the We're sort of at risk of not keeping up the pace in their industry. Um, you know, seventy yeah. percent of all digital technology initiatives unfortunately do not reach their goals, and a lot of that is because it has to always be with people first. Hmm. you know, and I think that part of that is communication. It's a communication failure, you know. I think that they get so excited about a new technology or a new type of way of teaching their employees or, their, uh, let's say, certain departments within their organization, that they wind up losing the sight of the fact that it's really about people. That's right. So it's really important, you know, that you understand and figure out your business strategy before you invest in any kind of technology. Wouldn't you agree? Definitely. First of all, this whole podcast is about the customer-focused entrepreneur. So all we are talking about a lot is about being customer-focused. And You know that even entrepreneurs that didn't come from the marketing aspect like you and me, mm-hmm. when they are talking about their success, they are saying, "I succeed because I started one by one. I started to listen to my customers. And it's, right. you can hear it whenever, and it's never a question that I knew how people are going when I'm asking about their successes. I never ask how I never know how people are going to. react and this is what everybody is saying because this is the true you know uh, marketing is all about seeing things from the point of view of the customer because the behavior and the use and the money that you are looking for are in their heads minds and pockets yeah so to, to that point you know digital transformation really when you think about it it's understanding how to design the customer experience from the outside in right in order to improve a customer satisfaction, You know you have to have some intimacy with the customer you know that has to be there has to be some sort of diagnostic or surveying phase where to your point earlier you're listening to the customer you're understanding what are the things that we're doing that are well what are the things that maybe we've failed at uh, what are the strengths and weaknesses of our product our service our solution and then understanding that a customer is also a stakeholder in your business hmm. If, if they if you go in a totally different direction from what their needs are because you want to follow the industry you may lose a customer 
And it's really, really important, as I said earlier, that you design that customer experience from the outside in, that you take them on the journey with you. And I also think, you know, it's important that there are certain employees, I call them the front line, yeah. people who talk to customers every day, your customer service reps, people in sales, they're bringing back information, not just from the customer, but potential competitors. And it's important that you put them on your team as well. If you're creating, let's say, a digital transformation team, that they're also part of the conversation. It makes them feel like they also have ownership. Yeah. But you're also creating the opportunity to feel, give them the, the, the feeling that they're too, they are too uh, a stakeholder in the process, hmm. right? Right. Who are your customers? Who are those that come into you or that you are attracting? What are they looking for? What do they want from you? And what are you providing with them? Um, yeah, this kind of goes back to what I, I spoke about earlier. Marketing strategy, creating community, personal branding of executives, and then understanding, you know, the, the e-commerce or digital transformation space. So, My clients, I kind of, you know, I tell people that while I'm not a Jacqueline of all trades, okay. uh, a play on words of jack of all trades, what I, I feel that I'm very good at is understanding the customer's needs and not just coming in with an overarching strategy, but I also pull my sleeves up and help them execute and implement on that strategy. Uh, what happens more often than not is that customers might not perhaps have the staff in place. So I've actually done things like write job descriptions, recruit employees yeah. for some customers who just didn't have time, train them. Um, and I think that my customers appreciate that because I'm not doing something as, oh, look, I'm some big, great strategist. I'm now a partner to them. Hmm. I'm almost like a member of the family. Hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Definitely. And I think the most important thing there is that I, I really understand what is their plight. You know, if their plight is, Hey, you know, we're trying to desperately create the type of community where our customers feel comfortable coming to us with problems before they leave for a competitor. Well, then I've done my job, right? So I think it's really important to partner and not necessarily uh, make your clients feel as though, you know, they're, they're on the You're the one that's providing answers. Yeah, exactly. How did it start? Tell me a bit about yourself, and you also have a personal interesting story that you can either choose to talk about or not, but how, how did you come to this kind of entrepreneurship? Well, it's really interesting. Um, my background is actually in law enforcement uh, technology. I was a law enforcement strategist for a long time, um, and I, you know, I, I wound up having a life event. I was with my partner for nine years. I lost him to non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Wow. And he was a great uh, proponent uh, of my, my journey. Hmm. And I come from a long line of entrepreneurs. My grandfather owned a vineyard. He was a vintner. He made wine. My, uh, my late George really? was a nightclub owner. Uh, we were actually looking to potentially invest in, in maybe going into like the restaurant industry. prior to uh, his passing. So there was a, a lot of, a lot of sort of, for lack of a better term, a lot of different sort of signs along my path that led me to what I'm doing today, you know? And I think that's very telling. You know, a lot of, I guess you could say signposts that sort of push me in the direction of, hmm. 
hey, you know, you need to be doing this, 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 and this. And it made my uh, world a little bit, a little bit easier. You know, I won't say that it was just a straight line, completely straight. I was doing a, a lot of um, work and projects leading up to leading up to starting my own business. But I think it was really important, and it's still yeah. very important that I mention that, you know, I um, I had a lot of different sort of things that happened, and that along the way, and those became catalysts for you know other things that would happen, and that ultimately gave me, I think, the courage, uh, but also the the in inclination that maybe it's time to uh to move forward and start my own deal you know i want to ask you you know we are all about entrepreneurs and you are an entrepreneur yourself and uh, we are all about customer focused and i want to ask you what would be your best advice any advice that you would like to share with an entrepreneurs we talked about it a bit before this interview we talked about the high the very high percent of entrepreneurs that experience in failures they're saying that the number one reason for their failures in the very famous postmortem research of CB insights the number one reason 42 percent is there was no market need. But you and me, we know that it's not a question of market need. It's a question of understanding who are your customers, where is the biggest opportunity for you, and how you should explain what your product or service improve or give answer to their pain. And I want to ask you what would be your advice to any entrepreneur that's listening to us. Okay. I think that it's very important that they meet the customer where they are. I'll give you an example. Communication is very fragmented. Uh, you may call a potential customer, but then they may come to you and connect with you on LinkedIn or go to your website and sign up for your newsletter, or they may follow you on social media. They may you know, begin the conversation on uh, another channel. I would like to use our communications uh, as an example, if I may. <laughs> sure. So we met at Social Media Marketing World uh, through Mark Schaefer, uh, both a loved and trusted and admired friend. Hmm. And we began to connect on, as people do on LinkedIn and other places, to give each other an insight into our lives and what it is that we're about. Well, guess what? If you're a brand, if you're an entrepreneur, guess how people are finding out about your company? They're not just going to your website. They're just like you and I to set up this call today. The conversation first started at the event, you know, face to face. Right. And then you followed up uh, very professionally on LinkedIn and on email. Then the conversation moved to WhatsApp, where we were hmm. already connected. And we, again, uh, you asked for some information that I provided over email. And then again, over WhatsApp. And now we're talking, I believe, over Skype. We definitely do. So think of all of the different places. Yeah, we were first in email. then uh, on LinkedIn, which is a social networking site or social platform, mm -hmm. then an instant messenger on WhatsApp. And now we're using both a video and messaging platform that is Skype. So we live in a world, Hayut, of pan communication, where customers may decide the channel with which that they choose to speak with us. And it may be multiple channels, but we need to be able to, number one, listen, and number two, establish our voice So not only it has integrity and authenticity, but that our voice is the same throughout, right? Hmm, right. So, so you can't do that without having a good communication strategy or really knowing who you are. So if I could offer any advice to an entrepreneur, 
It's meet the customer where they choose to communicate with you. So you may not think, oh, I don't need to be on Instagram for my business. We sell widgets. Guess what? If your customer's on Instagram and that's where they want to commute hmm. with you, you bloody well better be on Instagram, hmm. right? Sure. So I think my first thing, if I was to give anybody any advice, it would be meet the customer where they are. And the second thing, and most importantly, and this is for everybody, right? Entrepreneur or even just adults, listen. Hmm. Listen. I know you have a lot of successes and I would like to talk about it in a minute. But I would like you to tell us what is your most critical failure, or almost most critical failure with customer. The one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or the one that you learned about your philosophy because you have a very focused, as I see it, a very correct way of looking at customers and how we should listen to them and how we should actually give them answers to the, what they are asking, but the way, in the way that they want to get these answers. But I want to ask you about an experience that you had with failure with a customer. You don't have, of course, to say any names or any details, but tell us about the failures because uh, there are not many successful entrepreneurs. And I want any entrepreneur to know that any successful entrepreneur has experienced several failures as well. Yeah, I mean, we all wouldn't be human if we didn't have uh, some sort of, you know, lack of success or failure, as you so put it. We like to use the phrase in the marketing world of failing forward, meaning you've learned something from, you know, something that uh, has transpired in your journey. So you fail forward, mm -hmm. right? So I was at the very beginning of my business, I was engaged with, uh, again, no mention of the customer sure. name, but we'll just say a very large brand that was highly political. They were, had a very... interesting infrastructure and in that they were a very political organization there were fiefdoms there were siloed they didn't really understand how meaningful social media could actually be hmm. for them and part of what my role was it was to spend time with people in you know director and VP level roles to educate them specifically funnily enough on listening tools because Martech or marketing technologies is one of my areas of expertise hmm. And what ultimately happened is I allowed myself because I was so new to entrepreneurialism because I was so excited to have an audience with this one uh, vice president. I allowed myself as a consultant to, we use a phrase, brain raping, right? Okay. Where this, you're educating someone on something that maybe they're not that knowledgeable about. And what they ultimately do in the process of, of working with you is they, they brain rape you. They get as much information as they can out of you and then they don't hire you, hmm. right? To do whatever that specific thing was. Yeah. And I was so young and, and so wanting to inspire and empower other people and teach them that this one individual, and it's so funny because I was talking to somebody about him yesterday. This one individual at this very large, very political brand He got as much information out of me in our meetings, then decided not to hire me and used, actually, we found out later on, some of the information that I wow. imparted, part of my personal brand, part of my business, used some of that methodology in his presentations to other folks within the organization. And luckily, you know, some of the people that were in that organization had known me, I'd worked for them, 
They knew about my methodology. They knew some of the terms that I would utilize and they immediately saw it for what it was. So that did get back to me and I felt to some degree vindicated. Hmm. But I think when you work as an entrepreneur, you know, you so desperately want to get the business. You so desperately want to do right by the customer that you lose sight of the fact that, you know, you also have to protect your IP, your intellectual, you know, property. That's correct. And I was so young in my business that I just, I was so excited to meet with this person. As I said, I was so honored to have an audience with him that ultimately what happened is that I allowed that person to take advantage of the fact that I was so new to what I was doing, you know? I was so new. Hmm. And now I would like you to tell me about your biggest or greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something that you did right about approaching your um, customers. There's a few uh, I could share. Uh, one that I'm very, yeah, there's one that I'm really, really proud it. of. Um, I have been involved with a brand at L'Oreal that is all about skin cancer prevention. And my late George, at the end mm-hmm. of his life, had an, an undiagnosed uh, melanoma on his lymph system, one of his lymph nodes. And that's what ultimately caused the non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. The cancer got into his lymph system. He was gone in just very shockingly a matter of days. Uh, yeah, three days time, he, he, oh, yeah. he was in a coma and then we lost him. And so I've made it my mission oh. to really protect and take care of the skin of my own skin and the skin of my family and others, because I feel like if I could tell that story over and over again, My girlfriend, and I'm going to give her a, a quick, you know, shout out, Elisa Camahort-Page, who I definitely want to introduce you to because, boy, she would be a great, uh, she'd be a gem of a, a guest on your podcast. You know, I would love that. She said to me, she said, you know, you're working with La Roche-Posay and creating all these interesting technologies. And I'll share with you one of the things that uh, we created. I sent to you today via email uh, a patch and a button. To help people understand and they all work with apps and their IOT and they work with the product it's not about selling more product it's really about educating people so that they can play safely and enjoy the Sun without getting skin cancer so I'm sharing this story with her and some case studies one day and she said oh my god Dorotea you're living your mission if George were, were still here mm. today and he lived through that he would see that you've not only helped create products but To prevent what happened to you to happen to other people but you're also living your mission and that you're sharing with people that they mm-hmm. can prevent losing a loved one by educating themselves on skin cancer prevention and I said you know what I never thought of it that way mm-hmm. so I sent you some links to some articles in uh, vogue and wired and what have you about some of the products that I have been involved with but I really feel like it's such a it's so romantic that Wouldn't you agree when you have an idea as an entrepreneur hmm. or even an, an idea to start your own business and to see it come to fruition? To me, there's nothing more romantic than that journey. Definitely. It is to create something that really helps people and go for that and make it your mission and yeah. your living. It is. It's very satisfying. And um, I would like to um, 
you know, you're close to technology and we, we are finding some gaps there. And I would like to ask you to recommend the best, most effective technological or digital tool that related to customer focus, marketing or sales. However, I'm not looking for the shiniest last tool in the endless list. I'm looking for something that you use and really help you win, really help you succeed. I'm not going to name the name of the tool per se, but I'll tell you the types of tools. Is that okay? Because I, I have to be vendor agnostic. Um, I, I promise that to myself and also to my customers. I really want them to understand that there's no one tool that's a magic bullet, okay? But what I will say, if, if you are okay. an entrepreneur and you really want to understand your customer, get your hands on a listening tool. Some solution that will go out and provide you with, and now I'm going to kind of give you the menu of what it could do for you, okay? Is that all right? Yeah, and if you can just mention two or three, you don't have to mention one name, but mention a few that people will know what you're talking about. Okay, so um, in order to get an idea of where you sit against your competitors. And we use this term sometimes, not just in social media, but also in public relations called share of voice. Sure. Understand sure. like how much share of the voice of something that you have. And then also secondarily, um, your reputation. It's also good to listen because you can see what are people saying about you that are and aren't customers? What mm -hmm. is that, you know, what is that feeling that you're leaving them with when they do business with you. I say this all, in, all the time in personal branding, you know. Mm -hmm. um, in branding in general, okay, very generally, when you think about brand and, and your net promoter score or what people are saying about you, you know, it's the perception or emotion maintained by somebody other than the people in your company, meaning your customer, of describing what it's like to have a relationship with you, to have an experience with your brand. So it's really important from a brand reputation perspective that you listen. And then finally, you know, sentiment. What's the sentiment? What's that net promoter score? What's the final result when you look and you listen very carefully to what are people saying? What is your share of voice? Is it positive? Is it negative? Or is it neutral? So by, by implementing something as simple as a listening tool, right, you can actually gain and gauge some idea of what's being said, how it's being said, and what that might mean to your brand. And what? Yeah. And again, like I said, I, I, don't, want to give, I don't want to give a name brand. But give me some examples because I think some of my uh, listeners will find it uh, hard to understand what tools, and, and I do too. What tools are you exactly talking about? So this is what I would say um, to kind of save my bum. If they want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Social Espionage and direct message me, I'll happily take a, a, a short call with them, whether it's over Skype or what have you, to ask them a series of questions and then lead them down the path of what the right tool might be. Because can I tell you something? No, tool listening, no two listening tools are alike. Some of them are very easy and uh, starter. Some of them go even as far as to listen to the influencer population and what they're saying about a brand. And if you are a brand that markets yourself a lot to consumers, that might be more important to you. So it's really, I, I don't want to ever make the mistake, okay, 
of not listening first to what the needs are and the goals are and understanding someone's business before I just go willy-nilly and recommend something. Okay. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, okay. I think it's a bit complicated for uh, for customers to understand something that we are not really telling them transparently what it is, but we'll look for some listening tools and we'll bring some uh, some ideas just for them to to understand what it can be. Yeah. otherwise uh, it's too vague to uh, to follow. but it's okay. And, uh, and the meaning is understood and the meaning of how to listen and how to collect information is understood, I believe, and they will understand that. Okay. You know that I, there are many factors that actually affect one's success, but I believe that each of us has their own unique success factor, the one that really made it for them. the one that helps them to succeed. And I want to ask you, what is your key success factor? What is the factor that you think that's really responsible for most of your successes? Mm, that's a good question. I think that uh, for me personally, the thing that's kept me going is that I just really want to inspire other people. If I can open up their mind or teach them something, maybe something that didn't exist in their business before, create an efficiency so they can make more money or help them understand their marketing return on investment or open up a new door to them so that they can build a community around their product or their service or solution. If I could boil it down into one word, it would be inspiration hmm. or to inspire them, you know? Yeah, and do, do you feel a lot of people are using this word, but do you feel that you are actually in all your talks and I know that you talk a lot and you, you have speaking sessions, do you feel that you manage to inspire people? Um, there's no way of answering that without coming across as a braggadocio. I gave a talk, <laughs> I gave a talk yesterday uh, on personal branding uh, for executives and entrepreneurs and And I was really touched by someone who came up afterwards mm-hmm. and said, "You know wow i I really learned something you know you you gave me six examples of what I need to do, and I can apply three of them to my business mm-hmm. today so wow. i'm going to I'm going to answer that very humbly and say, "My audiences think so hmm that's beautiful. My final question before I'll ask you what is the best way to connect with you and whether you've got another thing that you would like to add. My final question is my mountain question. And as my listeners know already by heart, probably, I always imagine this journey that we do with brands and with products and with ideas, trying to actually win the battle over the mind of our customers and take position on their awareness make them trust us and then make them really believe in a brand or product or person and want to buy from them or buy them. I always imagine, and for years, as climbing mountains, as climbing step by step until you're actually concurring the peak that you were looking for and you can start a new journey. And at some point, I started to ask my guests in this podcast, in this show, whether they ever climbed a mountain or wished to climb a mountain or have any plans of climbing mountains. So do you 
actually have any relationships with mountains at all. And I'm talking about physically mountain, literally a mountain. Right. And, and I think we talked earlier, I'm dying now to go back and see what Guy Kawasaki, Mark Schaefer and Chris Brogan had to say in, in response to that. But um, yeah, some beautiful, I think Mark Schaefer has a beautiful answer for this, for that one. I actually put it a few times over and over because he has a unique question. I think uh, Guy Kawasaki, I didn't have this question when I interviewed him. I'm not sure about Chris. But Mark definitely answered this question in a very beautiful way. And there were some great stories about that, I must yeah. tell you. Well, I, I certainly don't want to let you down. I grew up around mountains in Italy in an area called Abruzzi, which if you follow or read any of the books of Ernest Hemingway, it's mentioned in a book called For Whom the Bell Tolls. Yeah. And so my relationship with mountains is somewhat romantic, <laughs> but also when you think in a more literal sense, um, you know, I, I've had my fair share of them in my personal life, obviously. Hmm. Uh, first, excuse me, you know, the first mountain was losing George. Yeah, it's a high one. And that was the Mount Kilimanjaro, right? Right. Um, the biggest, even perhaps the Everest. And then three years ago, I was actually four now, goodness me, I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Oh. And... And that was a big mountain as well, because as an entrepreneur, it was very difficult for me to take that kind of time away from my business. You know, mm -hmm. I couldn't I couldn't really square that and, and understand, like, you know, that I had to do this because uh, if I didn't, I may not survive. Yeah. And in each instance, I think the thing that really got me through was the thing that I love the most. And, and that is my work. Hmm. And so actually your work is your, your kind of stick helping you to climb your mountains? Oh, indeed. Indeed. That's a very good euphemism. I'm going to, I'm going to steal that from please you. Please do. Please do. Steal whatever you want. I would like to ask you if there is anything else that you would like to emphasize and we didn't talk about. I think that, you know, what I would say to other entrepreneurs, you know, when it comes to mountains or obstacles, don't give up. Never give up. Anything is possible. I'm the perfect example of somebody who came from a completely different industry, you know, mm -hmm. and just had this, this idea, this had this someone beside me that was willing to, you know, uh, give me the courage to do it. But don't give up. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And I have another question that I actually thought that I might want to talk about before we are saying goodbye. We are just now left or just came back home in social media marketing world. It's a hectic place and social media is all over. Everyone calls different things social media. And I really think that using the right tools within social media enables actually each entrepreneur to reach their customers because this is the first time that we actually have platforms that enable us to reach anyone on this universe, anyone that uses these platforms. And I want to ask you what in terms of social media for entrepreneurs that are looking for their paying customers and what to build their business, 
what tools would you recommend them to look for or to learn to use? If I were an entrepreneur and starting out today, I'd be all in and focused on uh, Instagram. I really would. I mean, that, that's where I would be pushing all of my clients, even B2B clients. You'd be amazed at uh, the conversations that are happening there and also how, um, how easy it is really to utilize. I think that um, Instagram really, in my humble opinion, is where everything is happening. And I would recommend to anyone to spend some time getting to know how to utilize that specific um, that specific social platform. Thank you so much, Zorothea. What is the best way to connect with you? Ah, okay. So obviously LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, it's easy to find Dorothea Bozi Colonovorpe there. And we'll have the link. Um, yeah, I'll get you the link. And then also I tend to respond more quickly to people on Instagram and on Twitter. Those t- tend to be my, my main social networks as far as like growing my business and my community. I love seeing what people are up to and uh, what they're doing and that kind of thing. And I think the thing I love about Instagram is that it's so instantaneous and it's obviously highly visual. I would like to thank you and we will have all the links in the show notes. I would like to thank you so much, Dorothea, for this really fascinating and enjoyable talk with you. And thank you so much. Oh, it's been an honor. I, I am so grateful not only to have been asked for you to extend the invitation to me, but also for the generous gift of your time and that of your listeners. Thank you again. It's been an, an honor to participate. Thank you, dear. And we'll be in touch. Okay, ciao. Take care. Bye-bye. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.